looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. You drive me wild. <laughs> what up, Crazy Train Radio? You look like hell. And I can look the same. What's the photo for? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Truth, 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 I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. I'm one crazy nerf Hey there, Friday fans. We know how much you enjoy the movies. Enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any of the films. All orders are made specifically. Your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today. everybody this is patrika darbo from days of our lives and you are listening to crazy train radio hey folks it's your least favorite host in the podcast world croc jonathan Steele. boy do we have a good one for you today 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, especially <laughs> a big child in a room such as myself. But I am so thrilled that we can have a formal conversation with this lady. We had her on part of a horror watch along back in October, November, whatever it was. I barely know what I had for lunch, and that was 10 minutes ago. So, But anyway, this guest is an Emmy Award-winning actress, and she's also been nominated multiple times. She is a veteran of over 35 years in film and TV. She is returning to Days of Our Lives, and her first episode is going to be good old 114, two days from now as it is recording to reprise her role as Nancy Wesley, which she had originated from 1998 to 2005. But behind the scenes, she has done so much as well as she, if I read this right, we know everything on the internet is true. She currently serves as a governor at the Television Academy. She can be seen on the Amazon series, Studio City, and she has a reoccurring role on The Young and the Restless. But also, as I mentioned, and she's not a fan of horror films, but she appeared in the original Hatchet. But please welcome Patrika Darbo. How are you uh, today? I'm good. Thank you very much. Once we got all our technical work done. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it was one, one of those things going for the first couple minutes here. But we are here and all that fun stuff. So, yes, that introduction was a mouthful. But <laughs> as we were joking, as everything was loading up, busy is good. Yes, definitely, definitely. So, obviously, I mentioned before we get... Well, you know, I'll start with this before we get into real stuff as well. You're coming back to Days of Our Lives, bringing back that character. What can you say about what you were doing with that? But also, how are you feeling with being able to revisit a character you had for several years, as I mentioned? Well, since you, as you said, um, that I created the character, as did Kevin Spiritus create uh, Craig Wesley. So the two of us are coming back. Um, we were fan favorites, which was lovely. Um, we have a beautiful daughter that's remained on the show, uh, Nadia Bjorlin, who plays Chloe. Um, and so it's exciting um, to be able to say you're a working actor is always a good thing. I have to say that it has been a number of years since we were there. I mean, I did come in in 2016 and I think 2013, I came back for a little bit of storylines. Um, I think the hardest thing right this moment is there's so much to memorize. Uh, it's like crazy. Um, and we are six months, about six months ahead. Um, on shows, which is probably the best thing that happened that it, because of COVID, we, we could remain on the air with current shows. Um, it's a little different because it's fast. I, it's also because, you know, I've come back just as COVID virtually was starting and um, we're tested every single day. And I have five shows that I haven't gotten completed in one new show that I shoot tomorrow. Um, and it's, We've had people that have tested positive, so they can't shoot. They're on, so we have to skip to another show. Meanwhile, you're learning a new show, and the old show's seeping out of your head, and you haven't really said it yet. So it gets a little difficult. But it's, I think, the most thing that I'm grateful about was to have been invited back 
and to be accepted. Um, my fans, uh, I have to tell you, they're the most loyal, not just my fan, but daytime fans are the most loyal ever. Uh, and I've had such positive things uh, and they haven't even seen the show yet. So uh, it's going to be a wild ride. Well, with that being said, and as far as having to memorize things and you have multiple projects going on, as I said, professionally on screen, whether it be TV or film or streaming and whatnot. But you notice this with a, I would say, daytime, and I'm obviously not of the soap opera audience per se, but how is it for you? Because you mentioned it's like trying to memorize everything. And obviously then we throw COVID in, like you said, to, as far as a production standpoint goes, but does it seem like it's riding a horse again? Cause you were part of the series for several years there. They, okay. I know how to do this. I think the statement that people say that when you, you exercise and then you don't exercise for a while and then you come back and start exercising, you have mu muscle memory and we should all remember that our brain is a muscle at this point. I mean, so the more I use it, the, the easier it is there for me to do. Um, and versus film or regular episodic television or sitcoms, we shoot a movie script a day. Now, at this point, we're shooting a movie script a day, but it's like five different shows or six different shows because we're having to do pieces with people being out sick. So I, on the average, have 20, 25 pages a day to memorize from just one show. I may have four or five from another show that I have to go back to. So it's, it's, it keeps me sharp. It keeps me sharp. It's good for me. It's good for me. I think it's good for anyone. Um, you know, God bless John Aniston and... Um, uh, Doug Hayes. I mean, they're incredible actors and um, and they have 20 years on me and they're still doing wonderful. Um, we have to take a little bit more time with them, but um, they're still sharp. They're still sharp. Now, obviously, soap operas have evolved over the years because I do at least from an entertainment aspect of things do know a little bit of the history when it comes to soap operas when and when i say that obviously back in the day before both our times obviously it started on radio then you know the medium of tv became and they started going that route to and we've fast forwarded to streaming and such now when you take that timeline but with that being said were you a fan of soap operas growing up because it was a uh, bigger medium, I would say? I think it was a lot bigger medium. I, I, I did not watch a lot of soap operas, except um, um, maybe coming home and watching um, Dark Shadows. <laughs> that was like the one that I did watch. My mother wasn't a soap opera fan. Um, my grandmother was, but she lived far away. So we really didn't have that to bond over. Uh, I find that most of the fans right this moment are generational. The grandmother, the mother, the daughter, the son at times, everything is passed down and, and is so enjoyed. And you have to remember too, Jonathan, when these first started, even when I first started in 98, there were still like 12 or 18 soaps on the air, a lot in New York. Now there are only four left and they're all here on the West Coast. So you just have um, General Hospital on ABC you have Bold and the Beautiful and Young and the Restless on CBS and Days of Our Lives on NBC. 
and that's it. But the when you really look at it, we have a lot of uh, things on Amazon Prime. Like I was nominated for Studio City. It's a soap opera. Um, their episodes are only about 10 or 15 minutes long. I did The Bay, which is a soap opera. That Those are 10 or 15 minutes long and doing, I think, um, they're, they're like in their fourth or fifth year or more now. Um, and, and Studio City's doing their third season. Uh, they're all over the, I don't know if you know, um, Susan Bernhardt uh, that, that produces the um, ISAs. Um, they, these are independent series, which are like soap operas, but their submissions for this year are from all over the world. So it is a, it's a, something that's going to keep on going, but it's going to grow in a different way. And also too, the soaps used to carry the networks, you know, because that they, I mean, they were on every day. They Procter and Gamble was a big sponsor, all these things going on like that. Um, I, I'm not sure how long our four soaps will be there, um, but they are rock solid and they're, they have so many loyal fans. Uh, I, so I don't know. I, and we have so much streaming. It's like NBC now has the Peacock and Paramount Plus and all these things that are growing and stuff. I mean, I don't at this point, it's kind of like, how can you watch everything? Mm-hmm. So. Well, things like I would say Young and the Restless, when you mentioned General Hospital and some of these shows from a soap opera standpoint, or I would say even in a entertainment standpoint, because like I said, some of them go back to on the radio. So they are so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, But they were started as these, some of these shows are true pillars in yeah. entertainment. I don't think Young and the Restless started on the radio, does not okay. I mean, uh, they've been on over 40 years, I think now. They, um, like for Days of Our Lives is in its 57th year. Uh, tell me any other television show that's been on the air 57 years. Um, it, it's, um, I don't think any of them started in radio that are on now, any of the four that are still there. Um, and there are there are none in New York that are regular network soaps. All that all my children and as the world turns, those are all gone now. And they still have such loyal fans. Um, it's it's a it's an incredible genre. And if you really think about it, when you watch NCIS or you watch um, uh, I can't think of names of shows now. Station Nineteen and Law and uh, Order Nine One, a Law and Order. All of those shows are virtually a sitcom. I mean, a a, a, a soap opera because, but they have a whole week to work on it and ten to fifteen days to work on a series, and um and you tune in each week to see what's happening to those characters, which is the same thing you do on your soap. So, but <laughs> yeah, age as well. But would you would you say that? At this stage of your career, especially with the soaps, that, and it's not like it's a one project and done. It's usually a continuing story. But do you feel you can bring something to whether it be the directors, the writers, producers, and say you you're looking at a script and go, "Hey, well, what?" In sense of knowing the character, well, hey, I think Nancy would do this. Or That's hap- that has happened both for myself and for. Kevin, that we've said certain things. That's not what Nancy would do here. Now, if it's moving the story forward and that's what you want me to do, that's fine. But at this point, I think she would do it a little bit more this way, which would stay in character for what was created and still move the story forward the way you want it to move. So um, 
there are times when you do get to put in, have input, and there are times when you don't, because we are not privy at this point as to what's going to happen in six months. So whatever I'm doing now is leading up to what's happening. Um, I think it's going to be very startling, our storyline, um, but it's timely. It's going to be, um, it's, it's not a first, but it's going to be something that needs to be dressed socially, and uh, it'll be interesting. And, you know, I appreciate that when shows are discussing real life stuff that's going on globally or locally in the states or whatever you want to say so that's cool to hear but before i move on i'm curious to know with doing these series how soon would you get a script to start to break things down either for memorization or everything else because like you said it's trying to pack so much in you sometimes you get them, you at least have a week and sometimes you have two days. Last week I did a show that I just gotten on the Wednesday and I shot it on Friday. Um, and again, it, it it's not always like that, but because of the COVID right this moment and them trying to get all the shows finished, it, it has been a little scary <laughs> at the times. So, and the really uh, our executive producer doesn't hold us to um, verbatim. Um, if we're telling the story and we, we make a tense different or make a word different, um, they don't come after us unless it changes the meaning of what's going on. Um, so, and they have an extremely hard job trying to keep track of, I only have to keep track of me and who I'm working with. They have to keep track of the, the 50 characters that are on, you know, and 30 of them may be working that day. So it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. Well, on that topic, what works for you in terms of, because everybody's process is different, but to try to memorize the concept or go verbatim word for word, or what is your approach to the process in when you're taking in a script? Well, for me, I just, I usually read the whole script first. So I'm familiar with everybody's story because somewhere along the way um, in the soap business, you end up interacting into another story or with a character you didn't think you had anything to do with. So you'd read the whole script through, then you pull out your pages and I just read them over and over and over and over. And then I start doing one page at a time, getting the, um, the my words memorized uh, and you really have to, it's hard because I don't have anyone to read with me at home. So um, I'm, I don't hear that second voice until I get on set. Um, it used to be, we could go to the studio and we could meet with the other actor we were working with and we could have repartee. We could go over it and over it together, listening to one another. Um, now, because of COVID, we have to wear masks all the time. We can't go to one another's room. Uh, so it's, it's been a little more difficult, but um I, I I've done it. So I guess I'm going to keep doing it. And they're still sending those checks. So obviously. Something's going <laughs> right. Yeah. You it's like those crazy. weekly, we like those yeah. weekly paychecks. folks. Well, I think everybody likes that. And, but for me, it's kind of, I mean, as a performer, an actor to be able to say that I'm a working actor and to be yes. doing what I love to do, it's not a job. It sometimes gets a little tedious and hard when you 
you're memorizing, 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 because I leave, I don't leave my sofa most of the time because I'm constantly working on one script or another. And, and also remember, I'm not under contract two days of our lives. So I'm also getting other scripts that I'm reading and auditioning for. I have two national commercials running right this moment. And um, so I'm, I'm a working actor there too. So I have other things going on. So, um, and I have a husband, as I told you, with a heart condition. So um, I told them yesterday, I couldn't work on Tuesday at all because I'm going to be with my husband at the doctor and um, I, he can't drive himself. And I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, so that is the other thing that the producers have to work, work on is like, um, because I'm not under contract, they can't demand that I'm there that day. Um, so, uh, and, uh, it, 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 it helps because it gives me opportunity to take care of my husband. Um, if I was under contract, I would be trying to figure out what friend I could call to help me at this particular point. So. Exactly. And I hope the best for your husband, but I do want to, since you brought him up, your lovely husband, Rolf, if yes. I pronounce that right, you've been yes. married for. 48 years and yes, God bless yes. you. And look, yes. what, what it, was he saying something in the background there? <laughs> well, he came in a minute ago and was just checking to see what, what was going on because he, he, he came home with the mail. So, okay. <laughs> well, we're talking positively of you. If he, if he's within your shot, but uh, yes, he is. He, he knows I would never say negative because otherwise I'd tell him. Right, <laughs> right to you. But all right. Got to ask. And we were talking to real life stuff there. You're dealing with some health issues and all, but we were talking the business side of SAG and all that kind of stuff. But has he ever been in the entertainment industry or? He was a producer at Disney um, for a, a long time. He started off pushing mail there. And then when Eisner and all those people came in, it came kind of like swept out all the old and brought in news. So, um, but he did, um, if you, if you go to uh, Epcot at Disney world, he did the um, uh, Canadian circle vision with the Mounties and that he also did, uh, he was a producer on the, uh, the French ride where you're on the scent going, riding along the thing. And, um, he, um, worked on, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the field, uh, Frank and Weenie, the first one, um, uh, that was there. He worked on, um, dad, can I borrow the car years ago? I, and, but he was in the wild animal department for a long time. So all those shows that you see on, you know, the coyote in the desert and all those kind of things. He worked on all those. Well, so two parts with that. A, he gets it as far as yes. the entertainment industry. Yes. But uh, on the personal level there, whenever I'm back in Florida, because we started this in Florida in 2012, I like to get to Disney whenever possible. So next time at Epcot, I'm going to have a different view of, some of that stuff so that's yeah take cool. a look and then call me and tell me what you think because so, I, I we haven't been there in, a, in a, over 20 years so um i'm not sure how or what's going on there and i know it's grown exponentially so you know things could be different but those are the things that he did back there um we met on stage in a show of uh, anything goes a musical years ago and we got married on stage no so that's good that's awesome too that you you did that but like i said as far as the disney stuff i'm gonna have to Look at that in a whole different light. That's for sure. Next okay. time I'm there. But I wanted to. It seems like it, I don't know if it's kinetically or how, cosmically or 
the moon and the stars or however you want to phrase it. I can't think of the right terminology here, but I saw you were on a board called uh, the Thalians. Thank you. I, I can't <laughs> first day new mouth folks today, but they raise awareness for and funds for veterans they, um, assistance it, and yeah, mental were, health. Right. They started in um, in the 50s with uh, Debbie Reynolds started it and a lot of major stars supported it and they raised all kinds of money. They first started at Caesars. I mean, not Caesars. Um, Cedars, Cedars Sinai Hospital, and now they're with the UCLA Operation Mend. So they work a great deal on uh, the mental health of our, on our returning uh, service people. Um, uh, and sometimes, I mean, we've got several uh, of our people that from Operation Men that were burned severely. And um, we've helped with that and helped with their mental health and getting back into things. And there are a lot of people with PTSD and um, I'm just grateful to be a part of it. We just had um, a fundraiser where we gave $200,000 to Operation Mend. Um, I think right now we're going to be starting to talk to perhaps working with wounded warriors at the same time. Uh, so I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but we haven't had a, a board meeting yet this year to see. But we're going we're gonna to work on some other things to try to make sure because mental health is something that you know, it's always been a shamed thing and we want to make sure that it's in the light and people get the help that they need. And, you know, why I was saying it's kind of cool that there's a connection in recent episodes. And obviously you guys haven't communicated. We had a, a serious conversation last week with Joy Michaels, the actress and stunt devil. She mm-hmm. does a lot with vets and mental health and stuff like that. As you were talking about the group, I reached into my desk and we have these cool little beer mugs made uh-huh. out of wood, made out of wood, and we give royalties of these to a group out of Seattle called Operation Ward Fifty Seven, which is a vets group. So, and it, I'm not trying to be a selfish plug there, but it just cool that recently we I've connected with all these people that were trying to help these different groups but all within the same genre. It is. And it it all comes down to these people went over um, young kids that have come back disfigured or um, if they're not disfigured um, physically, they're they're disfigured mentally. And if we at any point in time, whatever group we're supporting, I would only urge that everybody check um, on any kind of donation uh, that they, um, look and see how much is going to the service person, to the dogs, to the whoever you're supporting and not to somebody's uh, financial pocket at the CEOs. Um, I have a problem with the um, humane uh, ASPCA because um, they're always showing these horrible pictures of animals suffering and please send us your $19 a month when the CEO is making over $800,000 a year. That's unconscionable to me. So Anyway, my soapbox, sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. And that is definitely true. But as far as Operation Ward, I can say the reason we chose them is because it's not like they're going to, they put the money back out, I should say. That's the most important thing. Make sure whatever you're donating is going to that person's, those persons that need it, not to financially take care of someone in the front office. 
exactly. That's, you know, that's that's to me is what you have to do and make sure you check. You can go on Snopes and look it up and, uh, and even Google will tell you what they're doing. So, yeah, and that's the beautiful part of the Internet nowadays. But now that we did our little soapbox, like you said, <laughs> for supporting folks, which, by the way, in that same little uh, spot, I saw you're also a member of the local Elks Lodge. Yeah, baby. <laughs> right on. So, uh, yeah, another great group. I'm also a member of the VFW in Florida. My dad was there and he um, he signed me up and asked me to be there. So I'm still a post 7909. I think it is in Florida. And I'm not sure what my two, my post number is now without looking at my card here in um, uh, North Hollywood. Um, we have them in Burbank and they support our vets and things, too. So um, and, and take care of uh the neighborhood that people are in need and like food baskets. We had a big food drive at the Elks this year to take care of them. So yeah, that's an important thing. Yeah. So folks, if you're going to get, and before I get off the soapbox, if you're going to join a group like this, like uh, Patrika said, check them out, make sure you feel comfortable about working with these folks, but they're all good organizations. So if you could support somebody do so, but back to the fun stuff. Now, you've done, we talked about the series, new stuff going on and all, but you've been a part of many other series, Dexter, Desperate Housewives, The Middle, Big Bang Theory, Seinfeld, Roseanne, Step by Step, you know, all these different series throughout the years. Do you have a favorite, and I know it might be hard, it might be like saying your favorite child or something, or favorite pet. I, you know what, I've, I really have been grateful and done so much, but I'm so grateful that I got to work with Sidney Poitier. He directed me. Um, Clint Eastwood, I, he, you know, was wonderful. I, I did not work with him in In the Line of Fire, but he hired me to be in Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. Uh, working with John Malkovich was amazing. He is such a consummate professional. And um, let's see, um, Sandra Bullock was uh, wonderful. She is kind and giving and she you know she took care of her her crew sorry my dog has decided that she wants to be here <laughs> um uh so i mean i don't think i've I'm, i guess the basic thing for me is that the fact that i've been continuously working i mean years ago i was doing special business when the unions had that around and i i worked on the jeffersons and give me a break those little shows back there a different stroke so um i i'm blessed to have had a a, a long career that and I'm still going at it so um and as long as they have me I'll keep going at it some more well you mentioned Clint Eastwood and he mm -hmm. you didn't work with him in the line of fire but obviously most people remember this role because of the whole you shouldn't have been from Minneapolis <laughs> I shouldn't have been from Minneapolis yes so would you say this is when people see you other than the soaps what they bring to mind for you? If I, it's interesting. If I, um, when people say to me, I, I know you, you're on, you're on television, depending on who it is, I can pretty much tell what they remember me from. Mostly a lot of men remember me from in the line of fire. That was, they all are Clint Eastwood fans and I'll get that. And I'm very grateful. That was over 20 something years ago. And I'm still being recognized on the street for that one. Um, step by step, I can tell where somebody is 
um, that they might have watched the first part of Step by Step. A lot of Seinfeld fans. I'm very grateful for that. I had the best time. And after In the Line of Fire, um, Jerry is the one that hired me to come back and be in the sniffing mailbox with Newman. So if I can say anything to young actors coming up, and, and it's not just actors, is just be kind. Be prepared when you go on the set. Um, be a professional, but most important, listen and be kind. And that carries you a long way and, and people remember you and ask you back. So, Exactly. And I'm going to wrap with this. And obviously I know uh, behind the scenes, and obviously we talk a little bit about charity work and prepping and all that stuff, but you, I hit her, tend to try to be involved with, Sag with SAG and everybody else, the unions and everything. And you were telling your story. I don't expect it to be told again on air. But there's been changes with SAG and stuff, whether it be health insurance and this, that, and the other for certain groups of their membership. But is it painful to see some of these changes as far as like for people who may not, who may need? whether it be insurance or this, that, you know, it, it, it is painful. I mean, I, uh, listen, I'm, it changed incredibly. Um, and, uh, it was a very bad thing that happened to all of us that were seniors in that as much as you've talked about my career, um, the residuals that I still get from that, some may be a cent and sometimes I get a check for zero and, then sometimes I get really good residual doing commercials. It's all residuals, but none of that counts for my insurance. So I could make $200,000, but it does not count for my insurance. As far as residuals, it all must be new income. However, the union takes my residual money, takes pension and health out of it. So that some young actor that's coming up and working and getting in there, they get that, that it helps them. Um, and I guess in, in any situation, as a parent, you're taking care of that younger generation. Um, my personal opinion about it is that the union at this point, it's our faces that they sell. They're not tuning in. People are not going to the movies and paying their 20 bucks to watch the lighting director, though we couldn't do anything without them. They're not coming there to watch the director, but we couldn't do anything without them. But it's my face in front of that camera. That's where my fans come in to see. And we are probably the weakest union. And we shouldn't be. And we shouldn't be. There's too many chains. I had a discussion yesterday where I said, why do we have so many contracts? And why aren't people reinforcing these contracts that we do have? So it, uh, it's, I don't know. It's hard to say at this point. I, I said to my union, what good are you? What are you doing for me? You know. Howsomever, I've had a good career and I will continue to support them. I will continue to pay my dues. Um, I will certainly get involved in when they ask me if I want to coach or uh, mentor someone that's coming in. I will continue to do that. Um, but I still think that our union needs to, you know, pardon me, ladies and gentlemen, grow a pair of balls and um, start reinforcing the fact that they are people are paying to see Nicole Kidman's face. They're paying to see Reese Witherspoon's face. They're paying to pay my face. They're, you know, those that we should be a much stronger union. So you're saying that as a 
union as a whole, not just against seniors or against these ones mm-hmm. or certain yeah. demographics of. Right. They should just be stronger. I mean, we have so many young people that are in schools being trained and going to college and getting that degree in theater and they're really working hard and then they get there and they're not they're not honored. They're not, their union is not taking care of them. Um, I, and it's a hard thing because um, a lot of these young kids coming out as for me too, we just want to work. We want to be there. And sometimes we hurt ourselves by taking a job that we shouldn't take because it's not covered by our union. Um, and the union is trying to cover all these new, uh, the, the, as we talked a while ago, the Bay, the studio cities, all these um, streaming shows to make sure that the contracts are there and signed and that we are protected. Um, but it, it's, it's crazy. And I love the fact that at this point that they are making more things inclusive and diversity. Um, so we'll get there. It's, um, we just have to keep plugging away. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, my head's just rattling going, where do, where do you start? You know what I mean? To try to improve the situation, but. Well, it is. I mean, it's like, um, the, I don't know how they can do it a lot of thing, but again, like I said, there's too many different contracts that we've given away the streaming. We, they streaming, they are, the, the producers and everybody said streaming is not going to do anything. We don't know if it'll work or not. So, okay, really? Um, I can drive over here and find out that universal is building more sound stages on their back backyard so that they can accommodate all the shows that are now streaming. So they're getting $10 million. I get two cents. That's not right. So we help them out. And then we get, it's kind of like you give an inch and they've taken a mile. Mm -hmm. So it's like we, our union has to like buckle down and start just being firm about what contract we're doing. And it should just be one contract that they negotiate. Um, So that again, my opinion. (laughs) Hey, and you were certain for at least for my two cents, not that my two cents matters out here in this case, but for my two cents, I will say as a paying dues member of SAG, your opinion is valid. And being that you've had the experience and career you've had, I would think oh, I served on the Jonathan. I served on the board of both SAG and AFTRA. Um, I've run committees. I've done all kinds of, so i I paid my dues not only financially from the shows I do, but also working to help other things and make our union stronger. And um, I'm not as active now. I was a delegate at our last convention last year, um, but I'm I, I my frustration level has caused me to just start like this. I, I I'm just you know, and I hate that that happens because then I'm not fighting the fight. And so um, I think probably I'm going to have to (laughs) get back in the game myself. Yeah. But as I was saying, with all that being said, I would think your opinion would matter on topics to make SAG and AFTRA better for whether it be for the next generation, for the current crop of people, whoever, just as a whole, make everything better. Well, I, it is. I'm, I mean, I'm friends with Michael Campion, who was on Fuller House. Uh, excuse me. He, um, you know, I want to make sure that he earns enough and get, does stuff that he, he gets a pension when he gets to be my age. And if we don't start doing stuff, these young actors that everyone loves and they come into your home every day, 
it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And um, I, I certainly will try to do my best to make sure that um, that we do take care of our future generations. So, Well, two things here. And I do want to acknowledge, because you mentioned his name earlier, rest in peace, uh, Sidney Poitier. I just saw that the other day. And thank you for what you did, sir. If your energy can pick up on this or whatnot. Yeah, thank you. He very talented person he was. And you mentioned Fuller House. Did you know Bob Saget at all? I did not work with Bob. Bob uh, Fuller House was going on when I was first part of Step by Step. Um, and from everything that has gone on and everybody speaking, um, everything that I heard about them when we were working was the fact how he how kind he was. He was he was a blue comedian comedian but he was also a wonderful dad to everybody and and welcome i have a lot of friends that guest starred on on full house uh when i was doing step by step that that said you know he welcomed them to the set he welcomed them so uh all the things you're seeing were true that's awesome to hear but folks make sure you go out and see miss darbo's work like i said as it is, we are recording on one twelve. The new episodes will start coming out one fourteen. Days of Our Lives on NBC. Please check her out. The new and improved Nancy Wesley, I should say, because the stories are going to be continuing to grow, as she said. For and there, there, it'll be a wild ride, but it is so poignant and so timely. Um, it, it'll be interesting. How I hope it's received in the way it's been written and how it's being presented. Exactly. So folks, if you had the opportunity, check out these shows and Patrika, thank you so much. Jonathan, thank you doll. is truly exciting and so glad that they are starting to make a positive impact. Little Bean Soapery is a woman-owned small business based in Northeast Pennsylvania. Little Bean Soapery does so much as all products are handcrafted and offer many different things for both men and women. Soaps, scrubs, body butters, bath bombs, solid cologne and much more. Little Bean Soapery also does things for special occasions such as birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day and special seasonal gift sets. But also, let's not forget large orders for party favors by request. The great things about all products is that they are crafted to be nourishing on the skin. If you wish to check them out, please feel free to visit littlebeansopery.com. Any questions, please feel free to also email littlebeansopery at gmail.com for custom inquiries and or ask anything else you wish. Tell them that Elena from Crazy Train Radio sends you.
Hi, I'm Alexandra Paul, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio.